So it's late May of 2008. So my wife and I, Jenny, my wife and I, we are living in Nashville, Tennessee at this time. We've been married for about four years, and I am 25 years of age. We're preparing to go on a vacation to Destin, Florida. I'm super excited about this. This is a trip that we're going to take with my entire side of the family. So this includes my parents. This includes my sister, her husband, and her son. This includes my brother, his wife, and their two daughters. All of them, they live here in the New Albany area. We live in Nashville. And they're going to drive up together, or drive down, I should say, to Nashville and stay at our house one night before we get up early the next morning and head off to Destin. So that's 11 of us in our 1,600-foot square home. We have one bed and one futon. So it's a lot of sleeping on the floor, a lot of air mattress time together. Lots of fun with little kiddos. But as great as that trip was, I remember something very distinctly, very vividly in my mind that happened the night before we left. My sister decided to say something that was, wasn't quite flattering about me. And not only did she want to do that, but she wanted to do it, or I don't know if she wanted to, but she did it in front of my entire family as we're gathered in the family room. Now, let me set up the situation a little bit before I tell you what she said. First of all, her son, Aiden, is 13 months old at the time. So he has just started learning how to walk. All right. Second of all, Aiden decides that he's going to show us all of his walking skills in his diaper. So he's in his diaper pretty much the whole night. Third, Aiden is a chubby little boy. Okay. So he has some nice, big, chubby cheeks, and he's got that little pot belly that most toddlers have. Now, with all this in mind, my sister comes into the room, and she says this. Hey, Ryan, Jenny just said this to Aiden. So again, Jenny's my wife. Aiden's my nephew. He's 13 months old, walking around in his diaper. Hey, Ryan, Jenny just said this to Aiden. You look just like your Uncle Ryan with that belly. Man, was I embarrassed. Man, was I hurt. And for the next few minutes, I was pretty silent. I was angry. Now, a couple things first before I go any further. One, I got permission to share this story from Jenny. Two, she would later tell me in her defense, that's not really what she said. She said, hey, Aiden, you walk just like your Uncle Ryan, which in hindsight, thinking back now, it really isn't that much better because she was saying I I walked like a 13-month-old. So, but all in all, it didn't really take me that long to realize that no matter who said it or what was said, that it was right, my belly had grown. You see, I had neglected for several years to take care of my body. I had neglected to build up my body, especially, certainly not hit the gym for several years. I had lost a lot of the muscle that I had had when I was in high school playing high school sports. But plain and simple, I neglected to build up my body. Have you ever neglected your responsibility to build up something Think about this with me for a minute. Have you ever neglected your responsibility to build up something, something that's important to you or should be important to you? Maybe for you, you've neglected to build up your marriage. Whatever it is, something has taken priority over your marriage. Maybe for you, you neglected to build up your kids, especially when it comes to their spiritual formation. You've kind of just said, well, we've got the church. We'll, We'll let them take care of that. Maybe for you, you're kind of just like me. Back in 2008, you've neglected to take care of your body and to build it up. Other things have just taken priority. Maybe for you, you've neglected to build up your finances. 
You've been spending and spending. Emergency after emergency has just come up, come up or maybe you've been spending it on vacation or fill in the blank. And now you're kind of getting close to retirement and you're like, man, I have not taken care of my finances. Maybe for you, you neglected to build up your relationship with God. Five, 10, 25 years ago, you entered into a relationship with Jesus. And if you're really honest, you're probably not any more spiritually mature now than you were back then. Or maybe for you, you've neglected to build up the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the church. Again, other things have taken priority. This morning, we are really going to focus in on this idea of building up the church or building up the body of Christ. And to do that, I want to ask you a couple questions before we get started. One, what does this mean to build up the body of Christ, to build up the church? And if we're supposed to do this, what does it look like? And how are we supposed to get this done? Please open up your Bibles with me. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, there should be a Bible right in the pew back in front of you. Love for you to pull that out. If you're new with us, take that Bible, take it home, read it. Get into God's Word because I promise you, I promise you this. When you get into God's Word, God's Word will get into you and it'll transform your life, okay? So take that with you. If you have your smartphone or your tablet, I would love for you to open up to 1 Corinthians 12 there. I'll be preaching from the ESV translation if you want to follow along with what I say. But I love for for me to set the stage a little bit before we turn our attention to chapter 12, verses 20 to 24. Over the past few weeks in this series called Greater Than, we've walked through the first 19 verses of chapter 12. We've really taken a deep dive into the local church, into the local body of Christ. We said this, we said this, while individually we can, we can do some really great things, but collectively we are greater than the sum of our parts. I like to say it like this, if you think about it, one plus one can equal three. Five plus five can equal 25. A hundred plus a hundred can equal a thousand when we come together on one mission. Week one, Pastor Larry, our lead pastor, he explained for us how the body of Christ has been empowered by the Holy Spirit. When you trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are indwelled by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit uniquely gifts each and every person that trusts in Jesus. And so you've been empowered by that. Two weeks ago, Pastor Nate, he walked us through what it looks like to be unified as the body and just how important it is to be unified when we're on mission together. And then last week, Pastor Larry walked us through how we can belong to the body, how we can really belong and have community in the body. This morning, we pick up right where we've left off, jumping in, verse 20, and we're going to look at how we can build up the body as believers. So read along with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 20, it says this, As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. 
Now, before we delve into this text, I really want to draw your attention to something that I think, I think is so important in this part of the passage, and that's the latter half of verse 24. It's here that we see that the very foundation of how the body of Christ is built up is through God. It says that God has composed the body. The apostle Paul says that it's God who is the architect, the composer, the designer. It's only through him that he builds up the body. God gives the gifts. We must be ready to receive them. And then here's the crucial part. The purpose of spiritual gifts that we receive as the body, the purchase of spiritual gifts, is to build up, edify, and strengthen the body. Let me say that again. The purpose of our spiritual gifts is to build up, edify, and strengthen the body of Christ. And my prayer is this morning that none of us would neglect our opportunity and our responsibility then to build up the body, to build up the church. So now that we're all on the same page, now that we all have this crucial, central understanding that it's God who builds up the body, let's look at three ways in which God does this as seen from this passage here in 1 Corinthians. First is this. If you're taking notes on our listening guide, I'd love for you to follow along with me. The first is that the body is built up through inclusion. The body is built up through inclusion. You see, throughout this chapter, and especially here in these verses, Paul is addressing the issue of exclusion that was taking place in the Corinthian church. Verse 20, Paul notes that there are many parts, many parts. What he's doing here is he's celebrating diversity. Celebrating diversity that should exist in the body. In verse 21, he goes on to say that no part can say to another part that you are not useful. Some of the church members at Corinth, they were basically thinking and saying this. If you don't have this type of gift, most likely the type of gift that I have, which is visible for everyone to see, then you are not as useful to the body as I am. So after our vacation which, by the way, I probably didn't wear my shirt very much, or I didn't take my shirt off at the beach very much at our vacation. But after our vacation, uh, we get back to Nashville, and the first thing that I do is I go down to the local YMCA and I join the gym. All right, I still remember the date, June 3rd, 2008, my very first gym membership. Now, I was somewhat familiar with lifting weights because I had been a part of sports team, but I quickly realized that once I came in to the gym, I had no idea what I was doing, and I should have paid a bit more attention when I was working out in high school. But did what most guys do when you come into the gym and you don't know what to do. You look around and you see what other people are doing. So most of the people were on the treadmill, so I decided I'm going to get on the treadmill. A lot of the guys were over there with the dumbbells doing bicep curls, so I decided I'm going to do some bicep curls. But what I quickly, quickly realized was, is that I wasn't including very many parts of my body in these workouts. Maybe my lungs were getting a bit stronger, but overall, my whole body wasn't getting stronger. My biceps definitely weren't getting any stronger because I had no idea what I was doing. But that's a whole other story. I was excluding many of my other body parts in this workout. Because of that, I wasn't really building up my body. Fortunately, this is what we do in church world. We exclude so many people, whether or not it's inadvertent or inadvertently or on purpose. We exclude so many people. Because pretty much what we say is if you talk like me, if you look like me, if you dress like me, then you'll probably want to come and check out what's happening 
in our church. But that's exclusive. So often, what we find is that if you come to our church and you're not like us, then maybe you can go down the road and find a church that would be better suited for you. But here's the rub. In order for the body of Christ to be built up, we must be a church of inclusion. When you enter into a relationship with Jesus, I've said that you are gifted by the Holy Spirit, and God has gifted his children in so many different ways, so many different ways. And so what Paul is saying here when he says, you know, the eye can't say to the hands, I don't need you, what he's saying is, is we don't need all eyes in the church. We need hands as well. We don't need all heads in the church. We need feet as well. Could you imagine a football team? which I'm pretty brokenhearted. Andrew Luck retired last night, if you didn't hear, that, hear about that. But anyways, could you imagine a football team that had 11 quarterbacks on offense? It'd be awful, right? Could you imagine a baseball team if they had all pitchers out in the field? It'd be terrible. What about movies? Could you imagine if movies were made by only actors? No director, no producer, no one even running the cameras? It would be a disaster. The body is built up when we are inclusive, when we have variety. You see, we need diversity, not because it's an end in itself, diversity, but rather because diversity helps to bring about unity. Diversity is the servant of unity. Variety and diversity bring about a fullness that cannot be achieved if we had all the same gifts. Let me say this to you. As individuals, we are uniquely designed, but as a collective, we are uniformly purposed. As members, we are distinctively gifted, but as a congregation, we come together on mission. As parts of the body, we have varying functions, but as the body, we have a singular objective. Our objective here is to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ for people to know Jesus, come to know Jesus, and to grow in Jesus. So here at Graceland, when you walk in the door, we want you to be you because you bring something to the table. You're uniquely designed and you bring something to the table. We want you to be you. And if you know who you are, then this is a very freeing thing. But if you don't know who you are, then this can be a very terrifying thing. How do we help you know who you are? Well, one, you can only know who you are if you know Jesus Christ, if you know Jesus is Lord and Savior. If your identity is in the things of this world, then your identity is a sinful, broken human being that cannot save themselves. But if your identity is in Jesus Christ, then your identity is the one who came to save the world. And you have righteousness given to you from him because of the work that he did on the cross. So if your identity is in Jesus, and this is a freeing thing, that's the first thing we want to help you do is understand that. And second, as the church, as pastors in Ephesians chapter four, we find out that we're called to equip the saints for the ministry. So if you're brand new to this faith and you're like, what do I do? How does this work? I'm going to talk a little bit more about that at the end, but we want to help you find a place to be included into the lifeblood of this church. Just a couple weeks ago, Pastor Larry covered 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 6, but I'm going to reiterate some of those points because it shows us just how inclusive we need to be, how variety and diversity serve unity. Look with me, verses 4 through 6 of chapter 12. It says, behind the variety of gifts, there is the same spirit. Behind the variety of service, there is the same Lord. Behind the variety of activities, there is the same God. We want to change Southern Indiana. We must 
be an inclusive church that is so diverse that brings about a fullness of what God has for us. That's the first thing. The second is this, the body is built up with contribution. So the body is built up through inclusion, but the body is built up with contribution. Let's look at verse 22. Paul says that some of the body parts that seem weak are indispensable. I love that word, indispensable. What he means by this is that just because someone in the church has a gifting that is more visible, it does not mean that they are superior. He's actually saying that some of the hidden body parts in the church are some of the most valuable because they contribute some of the most valuable things. Think about it with our, our, our uh, human bodies. Some of the most indispensable parts of our bodies are what? Our heart, our brain. These things are hidden, but yet we know how much it is that they contribute to the body. Likewise, in the church, each and every person that is calling Graceland their home, their body, they need to contribute. They need to contribute to the mission of the church. It has an important part to play in the church. Because when each member is contributing to the body, then listen to this. Not only will you, that individual body part grow, but the entire body will be blessed and will benefit from the contribution of that body part. So last we left off, I had started to work out. I recognized that I needed to include all the body parts of my body if I was going to get healthier, if I was gonna, my body was going to grow. So I did some research, did some research to figure out how to increase my overall health. And I read something I really wasn't too happy about, but I read just how important working out your legs were to the entire health of your body. Any men here love working out legs? Okay, yeah, I didn't think so. Um, but legs are so essential. In fact, research shows that since your legs are the biggest muscle group, that working them out will not only strengthen your legs, but they'll actually strengthen the rest of your body. So guys, don't skip leg days, okay? Now, I know you're looking at me and you're like, man, he has chicken legs, and so there's no way, there's no way that he works out his legs. But I promise you, I've started to work out my legs, and that has helped my uh, overall growth and health when it comes to working out. And friends, the same thing is so true when it comes to building up the body of Christ. When each one contributes, not only will you grow in your relationship with Jesus, but the entire body will benefit when you contribute to the body of Christ. When you serve in preschool, God is going to use your time with those babies to help you grow in Christ. But in addition to that, he's going to help out the parents of those preschoolers who need to come to worship, who need to go to a group. When you serve as an adult group leader here, you're going to dive into God's word. You're going to prepare to, to lead discussion in these groups. God's going to use that to help you grow in Christ. But guess what else? Everyone under your teaching is going to benefit from that as well. Other people are going to grow. When you serve in worship, when you go on mission trips, when you serve in our tech, when you serve in students, when you help with mowing and landscaping, all of these things, when you serve everyone benefits. Not only will you grow in Christ because of your contribution to the body, but there will be immediate effects for the body of Christ, and there will be compounding effects for the future and for future generations because of your contribution. You see, being a member at Graceland is not just about association. It's about contribution. Being a member at Graceland is not just about association. It's about contribution. So let me ask you this morning, how can you be indispensable to the body? How can you contribute 
to the body? Well, there are so many ways, but I just want to hit on a few. And the first is this. Your attendance, your presence here is a huge contribution to the body. Your attendance, your presence, that's the first step. By being here in worship, by congregating with other believers, you bring something to the table. You bring something to the table, not just for yourself, but for those around you. When you're missing, part of the body is missing. So showing up, having fellowship, being an encouragement to other peoples, your presence is so important. But secondly, giving financially is indispensable. Giving financially is indispensable. Your generosity to the mission and to the ministry of this church fuels all the ministry that we do here. I think the Graceland is one of the most generous churches in all of Southern Indiana, probably in all of the state. I'm so thankful to serve at a place that gives so generously. And because of that, I believe that we have the resources to do what so many churches cannot do. And it's because you give and give generously, sacrificially. And here's the really cool part. When you give sacrificially and and generously, God's going to use that to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. And then you're also helping the entire body grow. You see how it's a symbiotic relationship? But the third and the final one, again, which I'll talk about a little bit later, is serving. You contribute by serving. As I've said, each person in this room If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you've been uniquely gifted by the Holy Spirit. And so you have something to offer that no one else has to offer. When you give of your time, when you give of your energy, we then come together and we're greater than the sum of our parts. No body part can be neglected in our body. What happens is if when a body part is neglected in our physical bodies, we experience atrophy in that body. If I never used my foot, it would experience atrophy. The cells in my foot would begin to die because my foot's not contributing to the body. But you see, the gospel of Jesus Christ is too important for us not to contribute. It's too important for our body to not have the fullness that it needs to take the mission forward. We as the church, when we contribute, we are the antidote to atrophy in the life of our church. And revival can take place. Revival can take place. Unfortunately, as we look across the landscape of America, the vast majority of churches are just seeking to survive. They're praying to God for survival. But I believe that God has positioned this church for revival because of how gifted we are and how many resources God has given to us. Finally, the third thing we see here is that the body is built up in humility. The body is built up through inclusion. The body is built up with contribution. And the body is built up in humility. Chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians is a response by the Apostle Paul to the church at Corinth because they had questions about spiritual gifts. In fact, as you, if you look across the entire letter, you're going to find it says things like, now concerning. Now concerning. And I believe this is because the church wrote or connected, communicated with the Apostle Paul and had questions about what the church should look like and how the church should run. And this is one of those questions that they have. And so he says, now concerning spiritual gifts. And the issue was, as I've said before, is that so many of the people in the church at Corinth were under the impression that some gifts were better than other gifts. They had this superiority complex when it came to their giftings. They thought that the visible gifts 
maybe gifts like leadership or prophecy or tongues, they thought that these gifts were actually better than some of the other gifts. Maybe some gifts that are more behind the scenes, like hospitality or discernment or mercy. But in verse 21, Paul makes it clear that they cannot be prideful in their giftings. Each and every gift is a gift from the Holy Spirit that is used to bring about the fullness of the body. This is a warning against pride. And you see, physically, when he talks about the eye versus the hand, the eye is above the hand physically. And so some people thought that their gifts was above others. You see, the head is above the feet physically. And I think that that's what Paul's using here as an analogy to show the Corinthians that ranking your gifts is not the way to go. Verse 22, as we move down, he tells them that those that seem weak, those that aren't visible, are indispensable. Some of the hidden gifts are indispensable. Could you imagine if we just took out our organs on the inside because we couldn't see them? Right? We would cease to be a whole body. All gifts bring about the fullness of the body. And then as we get down to verse 23, he reinforces this idea of modesty and humility. Paul's aim is to rebuke those that are lifting up their outward spiritual gifts at the expense of those people who have gifts that may not be as clearly seen by all. Visibility does not equal superiority. In order for us, in order for us to accomplish the mission that Jesus has given us, which is to make Jesus known, to make disciples, then we must build up the church in humility. We must humble ourselves individually and humble ourselves collectively. Pastor Louis Giglio, he says this about humility. I love this line. You should write this down. Humility is a byproduct of walking with Jesus. Humility is a byproduct of walking with Jesus. Why? Because Jesus was the greatest example of humility that the earth has ever seen. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the greatest example of humility in human history. Because Christ humbled himself to die on a cross, we can be saved from an eternity separated from a holy God. In turn, he just asked us to humble ourselves and receive the free gift of grace. We must join together in humility and allow God to work through our body to see things done that have never been done before here in southern Indiana. As we close out this message this morning, as we close out our time this morning, I have some important application questions that I want to ask you. So no matter where you are, if you are far away from God, if you are a brand new believer, if you are brand new to our fellowship, if you are a longtime member of Grace, and I want to ask you this question because I think it's so important for us to evaluate and do so on a regular basis. Where can I, where can you, where can I begin to understand how you can build up the body? Where can you begin to understand how you can build up the body? Since I stepped into this role back in December, I've been praying about walking through kind of setting up this thing called growth track under Pastor Larry's leadership, really walking through this idea. Because I think that growth track is something that helps us understand how we can all be connected. So I want to unpack that for you for just a few moments. We've, We've just had our first month and God's done some amazing things. But here's what it is. Week one of growth tracks called Discover Graceland. It's where you can understand who we are as a church, what we believe, and how you can link arms with us on mission to change the world. That's week one. Week two is called Discover Your Gifts. If you're a believer in Jesus, I've said time and time again that he gifts us uniquely 
to be a part of the body? How have you been gifted? Maybe you're a longtime member and you have no idea. Love for you to be a part of grace. And maybe you're brand new, just entering a relationship with Jesus. Love for you to be a part of, dis- of discovering your gifts in week two. And then we move to week three, which is discover your place. Now that you understand who you are and how you've been gifted, where do I connect? We have so many ministries for you to connect. Did you know you can serve in security? Did you know that you can help throughout the week by helping Karen mow some of the soccer fields and the baseball fields? Did you know that we have a food pantry that you can serve at during the week? We have so many opportunities. You can find that out there. You can connect because when you do that, the body of Christ is built up. But here's the really cool part. It's the next step of faith for you on your journey to grow as well. So that's growth track. But maybe... Maybe you're still like, I just don't know. I just don't know. Well, I have one more question for some of you. What is keeping you from building up the body? Think about that. What is keeping you from building up the body? And I would think it has to do with one of these three points that I made this morning. For some of you, if you don't know Jesus, you think, I have been excluded my whole life. I've been excluded my whole life. And really, I've done so much stuff in my life that I don't believe that I should be included. Let me tell you that Jesus has died for your inclusion. Jesus has died for your inclusion. Some of you may be thinking, well, I just don't, I don't really want to contribute. Well, I would ask you to think about what you can give up, what's holding you in this world, what can you give up to begin contributing? Because if you know Jesus, then you're called to contribute and you're going to grow in that and the church, entire church is going to benefit from that. But then some of you, it may be this sense of pride. You're not willing to humble yourself to contribute to the church because you see it as not building yourself up, but in actuality, it's the exact opposite. When you humble yourself and you give away, God's gonna use that to help you grow. So what is it for you this morning? What's keeping you from building up the body of Christ right here at Graceland Baptist Church? I truly believe that God has given our lead pastor, Larry Riley, a vision to use Graceland to transform Southern Indiana, to transform nations around the world, to see people know, come to know Jesus and grow in their relationship with Jesus. And I believe he's done that because he has given Pastor Larry such a great humility that I've not seen in most leaders in the church world. This man is so humble, leading us forward, wanting to raise up so many other people to be sent out in this community. I want you to be a part of that. We here at Graceland, want you to be a part of that. If you don't know Jesus, we want you to be included in that and to receive salvation. We want you to be included so that you can include others and invite others to know Jesus. If you know Jesus, we want you to contribute. We want you to be here with your presence. We want you to contribute financially. And we want you to give of your time and of your giftings because you have something to contribute that no one else does. God has composed this church and he's building up the body of Christ right here at Graceland. Don't you want to be a part of that?